The Forum at 8 on SAFM. that of course uh, Sabela by Mbongeni Ngema and uh, taking us back you know because I think sometimes we forget the price that was paid for this freedom that we enjoy and these civil liberties that we take for granted every other day so Every now and again, I think it's a good idea to just hop back there so that we remind ourselves where we come from and the responsibilities we have on our shoulders to actually make the best of what we have in taking it forward. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 11 minutes after 8. Good morning and happy Freedom Day, South Africa. And today we celebrate 21 years of democracy in South Africa. But what would you consider the hits and the misses of our democracy as it enters the proverbial adulthood. While democracy has made significant strides in improving the lives of many people, challenges of inequality, of unemployment and poverty remain. And on the forum at 8 this morning, we ask what does 21 years of democracy mean to us? What does it mean to you as a South African? And uh, this is what some people had to say about this situation. In the sense that it has greater opportunity, where opportunity I can move around freely, I can do business freely as well. Previously, black business people, we had to put our names, shop names or business names under white people. So in that sense, as business people, we've, we've, we've prospered in a sense. But in another sense, where democracy has failed us is that the rich are getting richer and we see that the poor are getting poorer. Politicians have to do more for the people. They find themselves doing too much for themselves and less for the people. No, 
not actually because most of the people they must just go out and find jobs. But many places they come then they say there isn't jobs. Democracy never failed me. The only thing for you is to go out and, and look for yourself. Most of all there's jobs for everybody. If you want a job you can have a job. If you want it you can go and look for it, you'll get the job the uh, political leaders right now. They don't necessarily deliver, but I don't really see their effect. It's failing. Why? Because it, um, black empowerment. Why? Because black empowerment is taking the country over. They promise the old people for jobs and places to live. They don't fall their promises. Thanks to foreign producer Ronald Peary for putting together that package for us. So the question we're grappling with this morning, what does 21 years of democracy mean to us as South Africans? And uh, do send us your comments to the SMS number 34701. You can tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM, or you can give us a call, and uh, we'd appreciate that even more. Uh, call us on the number 891 and tell us, what does 21 years of democracy mean to you? And we have studio guest and uh, someone on the line as well. But let's start with the people in studio. Amung Wepe, she's a young South African. She's traveled extensively across the continent, especially. Amu, thanks for coming through this morning. Thank you for having me here. It's good to be here. And we also have Hassan Logat from the Benchmark Foundation. And Hassan is currently working on his PhD on power, knowledge and democracy. Thanks for coming through, Hassan. Thank you for having me. I don't have to call in. And um, on the line, we have Ibrahim Fakir, who's the manager of governance institutions and processes at the Electoral Institute for the Sustainability of Democracy in Africa. Ibrahim, thanks for your time as well. Hi, good morning, Skid. Good morning to your listeners and, and panelists as well. Amun, let me start with you. We're celebrating 21 years of democracy in South Africa today. What does it mean to you? Um, so I think for me... One of the biggest things I take away from celebrating uh, Freedom Day is um, almost reminded of the vision or dream that people had of a free South Africa and actually being able to live in the reality of that. You know, this was a 50-year journey that people had and um, to see, our, to see our, our, our country free. And I think what the challenge that poses for us now going forward is, you know, what is the vision we have for our country for the next 30, 50 years? And are we going to get up daily and dare to live out um, that dream? As a young South African, what is the vision that you hold for South Africa 30 years from now? Well, to be very honest, I am hoping to see a South Africa that is truly living um, in peace in unity um, and as South Africa where people are actually free from the bondage of the past. South Africa where people are no longer living in poverty and people feel like they can all equally participate um, in the country, in, in, in the economy of the country and realize the fullness of the freedom that many fought for. Hassan Logat, it's 21 years. Um, and, you know, usually when someone turns 21, it's a big deal. You know, it, 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 it's a landmark in a one's existence. What do you make of South Africa 21 years on? Uh, I mean, in the township, when you turn 21, they give you a key, a yeah. wooden key or whatever key mm. it is, to suggest that you are now free to, to open the doors, uh, to live your life fully. I guess for us, uh, 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 it's a, a sad reminder that... Uh, uh, with the death of Africans, I think the flag should be flying at half-mast. So you ask, how do we celebrate? I think with, with a sad note. Our own birth, when we, when we came into being as a nation, uh, was surrounded by the deaths in Rwanda. And I find our understanding of the broader continent still remains a very, very deep black hole in our education system. So for but me, why? Well, I think there are failures, generally. I mean, if you, if you ask me, I think that... that uh, the one success as a, as a nation that we've uh, achieved, and I've been trying to think about this because it's a bit contradictory. In the middle 80s, when we were all, when, when things were burning, there was a clear understanding that uh, apartheid was, was wedded into a capitalist exploitation. Apartheid and capitalist exploitation were married. Mm. Five years later, in 1990s or so, somehow we managed to make the deal that took away only the apartheid side of exploitation. 
and clearly it's a difficult one. And of course, I celebrate the big victory we have against uh, over formal racism is that we killed it in some way. But but fundamentally, exploitation which takes a racial form continues in the society. So I think that I'm 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 caught in between. So the key we're giving a young citizen is that uh, uh, you have to be more active. We've dropped active citizenry in our local community. I try to do. I'm still obsessed with trying to do some, get a mandate before I come. I used to work for the Metal Union in the early days. So so I asked on a WhatsApp group, uh, which has been set up for security, uh, incidentally, what should I say today on the radio in my local area? And uh, as I replied, our neighbor, 20 steps away from my house, had just been hijacked, right? And and uh, uh, he's a very active citizen, uh, active in ANC and elsewhere. So I think that we, we uh, the state has said to us, uh, don't keep, don't bear arms. Uh, we will protect you. It's a big failure in our democracy. The schools and educa- health system, education and health systems, which will make us a, a, a decent social democracy, are struggling. So clearly, for me, it's. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I have pains, uh, but I'm an active citizen, and I'm not going to lament here. We are going to try and take the key. And, and open up the part, but it has to go with increased participation of poor people in their own lives. Community organizations have, 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 uh, have fragmented. Uh, when we were in fighting in the anti-apartheid movement, everyone was playing sport around SACOS. Now fewer people are participating in sport. We are more spectators. So this idea of us becoming spectators in our own life you know, has a, a fault. We can point a finger to government, but also to ourselves. Ibrahim mm-hmm. Fakir, what's your view on this? Well, obviously, um, at 21, you're going to be slightly more mature, uh, a little more fragile, perhaps even a little bit wounded, but it comes with a sense of excitement um, and a little bit of trepidation, obviously, uh, as anyone who turned 21 would know. Uh, and unfortunately, that's been a while ago uh, in some of our cases. And and obviously, as a a society or person um, reaches this milestone in their life, they recollect the kind of experiences they've had uh, and the kind of experiences they need to set themselves up for. Now, Hassan and Amor have kind of traced some of those challenges, but really, we haven't really looked at the institutional dimensions of our democracy yet, and there I think there's some incredibly worrying signs in the way in which not just democracy but democratic government is actually functioning. So massive meddling in the kind of security cluster, um, and you think about what the president uh, appears to either be doing that he shouldn't be doing or not doing what he should be doing. Um, Then in the second domain, you've got problems around accountability and perceptions that uh, there's a whole lot of impunity. And this kind of impunity traverses people in society in extremely high crime levels, in the horrible, terrible xenophobia we've seen over the last couple of weeks, but but which has been dating back, uh, right back to the turn of the century. Um, and then, of course, your obvious questions and quite overt ones of, of poverty, inequality, um, and unemployment. Unemployment obviously appears to be our most intractable uh, problem, uh, which is, is unfortunately in this case not just the government's problem. So you can't simply be saying that at 21 years we've got a government which had significant failures because clearly on the, on the, on the, on the, on the question of delivery, uh, what you have is a post-apartheid government which has, in fact, done very well on things like the extension of basic services. Of course, you can have a debate about the scale versus scope. So there's been a huge scale uh, and a tremendous scope, but the quality is often uh, lacking. And you think about the way in which the education system functions and the outputs that come out from there uh, are lacking in quality. You think about the disconnections in water and electricity. You think about the difficult lives and circumstances that some of our people have to live in. Uh, and those of us who have been watching the police raids uh, at the hostels, I mean, how is it that 21 years later we've got people continuing to live in such inhumane conditions? So there's massive contradictions and complexities in the way in which we're going forward, as, as anyone 21-year-old would, would experience. 
But what we do need to look forward to going ahead is that we need to stabilize the institutions and the way in which our institutions function. We've got to take Parliament much more seriously. We've got appearing to be serious cracks in the way in which our politics are actually functioning. If you think about the last uh, election, uh, low levels of internecine intimidation, subtle intimidation of opposition parties, uh, an ANC which appears to no longer be always playing a leading role in society, becoming much more unconfident uh, in the way in which it's exercising political power. Uh, and opposition parties beginning to harden uh, their own approach to the way in which they deal with the ANC in, in government. So you're having a much more conflict-ridden uh, political process, uh, much of it hardening people into different corners, much less of the kind of consensus-seeking and give-and-take which is required for stability going forward. And much of that it can be seen in our, in our horribly, horribly high unemployment levels. And, and as I say, this is not just the government's job. If you think about impunity, you can think about the way in which the private sector has, has and business has, has behaved with absolute impunity, whether it's price-fixing, collusion, price-setting, corruption, uh, collusion with government to do certain things, um, and that, and, and a in, fundamental inability to actually play a meaningful role in growing the number of jobs and in growing GDP. Mm. So, so, so that, as Hassan was saying earlier, um, we need to see more active citizenry in South Africa in order to make sure that this democracy actually is what we all want it to be. As you're saying, Ibrahim, we all need to play our bit. Uh, but let me read to you what some of the listeners are saying this morning. Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, freedom for me means we need to move even faster as a nation to realize what we set out to achieve in the first place when we engaged in the struggle. Freedom from hunger freedom from disease and want. And then um, this one from Mervyn says, SK, no Freedom Day celebration until migrants are free from xenophobia. And then Bilkish says, I think uh, we must just all wear something South African today, like uh, Bafana Bafana jersey, sing the anthem and wave a flag. So clearly people are grappling, you know, with uh, this Freedom Day and, and, and our Independence Day celebrations, not quite knowing what to make of it. But there's also a lot of, um, you know, um, outpouring of disappointment in where we are 21 years on. But clearly the answers, the solutions to these problems are not as simple. Otherwise, if they were, I'm sure they would have been implemented. But Amu, as a young South African, if you look at what's going on right now, what would you say is the most important issue? What should South Africa be prioritizing in 2015, 21 years after our democracy was attained? What should be our main priority today? Okay, so for me, if I were to take a step back and actually uh, begin to imagine where we start creating the kind of future, the kind of world we want to live in, I'd actually first reflect on um, really understanding what happened with the apartheid system, right? I don't know if we actually understand the intricacies of the system, right? And so um, a lot of what we're trying to deal with is more, you know, um, sort of like putting bandages on stuff, right? Versus actually truly reflecting on what is the system, what has it truly done in our society, and therefore when we begin to think of a solution, um, building from, from from that space. And I'll reflect on a quote by Albert Einstein that says, you know, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking um, at which they were created, right? And for me, if I reflect on the apartheid system, the people who built it spent a lot of time, right, understanding what it's going to take to develop that kind of system, spent a lot of time understanding black people. I mean, the person who was basically running with Bantu education was an anthropologist, right, who understood exactly what he was doing. Um, and, you know, people went to study in Germany to understand what it is you need to um, do something that intends to a group of people. But I'm actually not sure in us trying to 
move forward if we've actually taken a step back and said, okay, wait, hang on. What has actually happened to us? How much damage has this done to our to our mindsets, to our beliefs? And therefore, in going forward, what is it that we first need to have in place and understand and then build on top of that? And uh, listening to what Amu is saying, Hassan, um, surely that's an indictment on South Africa, on our, uh, our institutions, and, and, and the fact that we did not do right by young South Africans because they still don't know. They are still asking questions mm-hmm. about the past, how we got here, and, 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 and somehow that is hampering their progress as well. Yeah, I think the, the apartheid was too quickly buried. We buried it without properly killing it in many ways because mm-hmm. racism uh, uh, yeah. thrives in everyday life. I mean, uh, uh, I think one of your commentators, is Aubrey Mashikti, always says uh, about the cultural minority that is dominant in the society. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, outside this radio uh, slot uh, and program, you have very few uh, uh, media s- uh, stations, uh, radio, media generally, that actually has a real conversation about the real issues in society. I happened to call Ashraf Garda's show the one Sunday morning to say why the issues of the mining communities that we work with are not covered, despite us doing all the proper things. We issue press releases. We say how uh, the Chamber of Mines refused to talk to them. How, After agreeing to talk to them, mm. they cancel a meeting. How when the Human Rights Commission calls a meeting here to talk about mining and, and, and human rights, the companies actually write back to say they won't come to the meeting because there'll be too many NGOs there. So the power of corporations in the society have forced, uh, have made our government succumb uh, on some of the space that they had to be, to be much more stronger. So when we, when I asked the radio station, our great uh, uh, journalist, uh, Joe Tolway, now the press ombud said uh, that there's no way we can control uh, what they, they should be covering. We are interfering with the freedom of association. It is for that reason that the real issues here, the marginalization of large numbers of people, do not get discussed because it's the freedom. You know, and the public broadcaster, if it tries to discuss these issues, also seem to rattle feathers. And you guys are, are, are kind of in a box. You know, you're not sure if you're part commercial. You know, you're under pressure to discuss the real issues. The real conversations are not taking place. They are taking place in the townships where people are angry. Well, uh, what is your view on this? We'll open the lines 0891-104-208. We are asking you this morning, what does 21 years of democracy mean to you? And uh, we are being very frank this morning, as you can hear. So tell us, you know, what are the problems, the hits and the misses of this 21-year-old democracy that is South Africa? The Forum at 8 on SAFM. What does 21 years of democracy mean to us? That's what we are asking you on the forum at 8 this morning. 0891-104-208. Let me just give Ibrahim Fakir an opportunity to speak there quickly about, you know, some of the failures. Uh, listening to what Amu, uh, who uh, speaks, uh, you know, on, well, I'm not going to say she speaks on behalf of, but she is certainly a young South African. And I would think that many young South Africans would agree with her sentiments this morning. So what does that say about where we've gone wrong and what it is that still needs to be done, Ibrahim? Well, I wouldn't say everything's gone wrong. Um, there's, there's evidently and clearly a lot of things gone right because just for starters, I'm no longer uh, an object and a subject of this government. I'm now, in fact, a citizen. Uh, that actually means a whole lot. I enjoy fundamental freedoms as do most South Africans, uh, but much of this is configured in fairly contradictory and in some way, some some fairly complex ways. So, you know, a lot of people take to the streets to express themselves, which is a fundamental feature of democracy, but they do so for several reasons. They do so because there's while they are able to organize and take to the streets one one good indicator of democracy, they are sometimes constrained by the fact that they are met with a securocratic approach. So the police or the defense force is suddenly going to meet them on the streets, and that's problematic. So I was talking earlier about subtle intimidation when we go into election processes uh, or you express difference on the streets. So you think about the DA trying to march to the ANC or to Cosato on jobs, uh, and suddenly they're unable to do so because these people attacking them on the streets. 
but you know, often people take to the streets because on the other, on the flip side of this democratic government interface, there's certain failures. The, there isn't enough accountability or they can't get answers to things which uh, they want answers to or they're unable to get the ear of government often, um, or the leading political parties for that matter. So there's all this contradictory and complex stuff which will have to work itself out as we go forward. But that's the work of democracy. I mean, it's, mm. never, it's never a complete job. Um, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is always a work in progress. The one failure, and I'm not sure uh, to what extent we entirely as a society must take responsibility for this, is... Yes, I'm always saying a lot of young people are unaware of, and, and, and us as a society are unaware of what the effect and impact of apartheid actually was, and that's fundamentally true. But there's an accompanying problem, and that accompanying problem is this question of recognition. There is insufficient recognition, particularly on the part of our, many of our white compatriots, and it's not just the younger ones, but it's the, especially the older ones who appear to have had a sudden amnesia about what the impact and effect of apartheid has been, is, and continues to be, particularly in which it shapes the way in which the society, society is currently structured. So if you think about the kind of opportunities which are available in society, levels of unemployment amongst white South Africans is in fact quite low. Levels of absolute poverty amongst white South Africans continues to still be low. And that recognition of the density of social capital, of the social relations, of the economic opportunities, of the social opportunities, the cultural opportunities, and especially with South Africa re-entering the world, has accrued to those people who were set up to take advantage of it. So luckily, it's helped middle-class people like me and Hassan perhaps to an extent. But you know, for the most of our fellow black South African compatriots, those opportunities have not come to pass. And until we have a society which does not recognize the way in which our society is shaped and has been continued to shape, uh, to be shaped, is going to have this problem. Now, with the success of some of the policies over the last 21 years, you've had this benefit accruing to a greater number of black South Africans. Yes, absolutely, that's true. But those black South Africans have themselves uh, now appear to have forgotten uh, where and how all of this has come to pass. And they now start engaging in kind of collusive, anti-competitive, corrupt uh, behavior. Not that they shouldn't be enjoying the success uh, of black economic empowerment or of wealth or anything of that sort, but it's to do so in ways which are legitimate, which are credible, and which, which, which create opportunities for other South Africans. Mm. And what about the will of the people? Are the people being heard in South Africa today? And if we say yes, you know, how are they being heard? If they're not being heard 21 years on, you know, is this a situation that's going to deteriorate? Let's reflect on some of these questions. 0891 but a few uh, messages uh, on our Twitter timeline quickly. Kulu SD says, the past 21 years brought the betterment of many, many people's lives, but the rate of corruption in government nullifies all of that. Mangaliso Ngobo says, yes, we celebrate Freedom Day, but are we really free when the majority are still trapped by the aftershocks of apartheid? Cynthia Nkosi says, says uh, democracy for me means more challenges and the affluent are getting richer and society is ailing in all forms. Dillinger says, I agree with Hassan Logat. The flag must fly at half mast and this is due to the deaths of our African brothers, uh, Emakasi, due to poverty to date. And uh, this one from uh, Malubenati says, uh, the elites and the middle class must go on and celebrate their freedom, but the poor have nothing to celebrate today. Those are some of the views coming through. Let's go to the lines. Uh, Salim in Durban, good morning. Good morning to you, Sakin, and good morning to your guests. We must remember, you know, democracy has been a great thing. Great thing has been achieved in democracy. There has been a lot of success. We've been one of the most powerful economy in Africa. This land distribution, some of our black farmers are the best farmers. They're really doing good farming. They're producing the goods. Some of our businessmen have been turned into great businessmen, industrialists are coming up. There's a lot of good that's coming up. What South Africans need to do is they need to do something for themselves. Foreigners are coming into the country and they're making it. They're becoming you know, good businessmen, 
they have seen money, there's a lot of success. Our people also need to tap onto that. If we can't do it, you've got to learn from people. Even if you have to learn from someone that we don't like, but we've got to better ourselves by us working hard. You see, one of the big things is the economy, and we've got to learn a little bit about the economy. The wealth of the South African economy is in the stock market. We are absent from the stock market. We need to start learning about the stock market. People are making 10,000 rand a day just playing the stock market. The wealth is there. We need to learn where the wealth in the country is and how to tap into this wealth so that we can also enjoy the wealth. I think end of the day, this has been a great country. Our democracy has been a great democracy. We had liberation without bloodshed. I mean, we have done so much that we can talk about our rugby, our soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, there is successful after successful. Let's look at how we can build on the successful. There's money to be made in sports. Our, our sportsmen have shown that they can be the best in the world. You know, shoes has been overseas. We paid on overseas. We can also do that. Let's train our people to start doing something that they can be proud about and they say they have done it for themselves. Okay, thank you so much, Salim in Durban. Tabi Singh in Cape Town. Hi, Sakina. I'm afraid I'm going to have to talk about drugs because I'm calling from the Western Cape. You know, I'm not enjoying this freedom. It's like there's an agenda that here in the Western Cape, teenagers and the youth must use dick. And I just feel that the government and the police are not doing much because, you know, we know of the, house, of the homes that are selling tick here in, in, in the township. People are even afraid to, you know, to report them because, because, you know, you hear rumors that these guys are working with the police because they're making a lot of money from tick. Every day you see teenagers who are pregnant who are using tick. And, you know, you don't, you don't feel safe. Your, your house has to stay locked because, you know, when they are high, they can steal, they can break in your house. But when it comes to, to, to tick and gangsters here in the Western Cape, we're not free at all. Mm. Thank you so much, Ntabi Singh in Cape Town. Let's go to Eddie in Fixburg. Good morning, Eddie. Uh, Sakina, how are you? Well, and you? Greetings from the Free State Cornfields. Sakina, can I say this? You know I love Africa. You know that I have given all that. I'm encouraging doctors to stay. I'm encouraging doctors to come. I've raised doctors, men on this farm. For 46 years, I have farmed and worked hard. I've never been so suppressed as now. Never. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because of the imports that are pouring in. I have not made a cent of money the last 25 years. Can I tell you this? You talk about 21 years. Yep, of course it was 21 years. Now the child has grown up. You know what? You better put double patties, uh, what the nappies on. Because this child has not grown up. Because when you get freedom, you've got to come with responsibility. And my responsibility is, if somebody stabs you with a knife, I must stop it. I tell you, hunger is a knife. The people need work. How do you create work? Look after the farmer. Why is Joburg burning today? Because there are no more farmers. Joburg will burn to the ground until the farmers come right. There's a saying that says, burn out cities and leave our farms, and tomorrow the cities will bloom again. I will not enjoy Freedom Day because I'm going to work hard to make sure you all have food in the fridges. Thank you so much, Eddie in Fixburg. And uh, taking more of your calls now, uh, let's go to Saskia in Jeffreys Bay. Good morning. Oh, we lost Saskia there. Haley's in Johannesburg. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, man. To you and to the listeners and the people of South Africa. Huh? I am the product of the Freedom Day. I wish everyone freedom in this country. So the freedom, the, the, the leaders like Nelson Mandela, Oliver Tambo, and many heroes and the heroines, great leaders, they fight and they bloodshed in this continent. When I was in Ethiopia, we see on the TV as a young man, South African apartheid, segregation, racism, and not walking into the street and not walking into the town after the dark. That is over today. The black majority rule brings the freedom of white and black for migrants, for everyone, and there's a democracy, there's a human right, there's everything is okay in South Africa today. But what I was disappointed, the African minority migrants who live in this country, when we are very classified, whether the Chinese, Bangladesh, and the Pakistan, well-respected, as African men from the Horn of Africa, we lost the dignity in this land. So our dignity must be restored in this country for the migrants of Africa. So unless if our humanity is not restored, 
Let me tell you, 20 years ago, I invest everything in this land, not even one cent in Ethiopia. I respect and live in the South African constitution. South Africa is better for me where I was born because I hate where my original place because of the lack of human rights and the abuse. They are pretending the democracy in Africa, let me tell you, Ethiopian democracy, why I left that country and I hate not to invest in that land. Because of the nominal printed on the paper, they are not practically democratical state Ethiopia. It's still people are living under the gunpoint. It's still people are living in the jail. You cannot even express your freedom of expression and the democracy. Many Ethiopians, do you see, as they see dying on the Red Sea, they want to cross to the Europe. Many we left Ethiopia because to come to South Africa because this is our home and the African soil. Why do we see the death of African migrants in this land? Freedom, okay. how do we can enjoy, how do we can express as an African? I feel very disappointed. Let's try to improve this for the future, for our children. What are we going to say? Now, my child is nine years. Let me tell you, he watched on the TV, just finished the point. He saw the xenophobic attack. Highly, I see the news and they, they ban one Ethiopian there on the news. Did you see? I was shocked. And they, did you see? His name is King. King, did you watch this thing? Yes, I saw everything. He was watching the news, you know, on his school holiday. Then I was so disappointed. What can I say for my children? All right. Highly in Johannesburg, uh, giving us that perspective. Saskia, you're in Jeffrey's Bay. Good morning. Good morning. Um, there are just two things I'd like to say. Firstly, um, if we're talking about democracy, the absolutely the basic, basic fact about democracy is that um, people can vote, and they can vote for what they want. And what absolutely fascinates and, and sort of astounds me is that our people, South Africans, continue to vote in a, a government that is so corrupt and so inept at managing and, contr- and sort of organizing this country. So that's my, it, sort of, it astounds me that people who have the ability to vote, they now have democracy, and yet they continue to bring in people or keep people in power who are doing an appalling job of running and, and managing this country. And the second thing is, and it sort of links in, is that if uh, 20 years ago the ANC government had made education an absolute priority and had really, really educated each and every child that was now allowed to go to school, you would have a generation of previously disadvantaged, underprivileged children who would now be adults, who would be highly qualified and equipped, and who would have the self-confidence that comes with that kind of education to go out and make a life for themselves. I live in the Eastern Cape on a farm, and I see the children that come through the schooling system. They are barely educated. And what do they do? They then leave school and it's like a no-man's land for them. What have they got? They've got nothing. And life hasn't changed for them because they are not educated properly. And so those are my two things. Why do we keep voting in a a government that cannot do its job properly? And secondly, whoever gets in in the future, will they please sort out the education system for the sake of these children? Saskia, Saskia, before you... And there she ran away. Because I wanted to know from Saskia, does she believe that the government has done anything good over these past 21 years? But also, the, the, you know, and, and, and this is a, sort of a recurring theme where um, there's always, you know, this uh, notion that, you know, some uh, portions of the uh, population are somewhat stupid, for lack of a better word, for voting, you know, the same way mm-hmm. time and time again, as if people have no agency. Do we ever interrogate why people would vote the way they do? It's not that they are oblivious to, you know, some of the shortcomings, some of the things that are going wrong, but why would they vote the way they do? You know, um, I think sometimes it's just too easy to be dismissive of uh, people's realities and what they are dealing with. Stephen Etzulo, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Hi. Yes. Uh, Freedom Day today, huh? Mm-hmm. Hello? Yes, it's Freedom Day. <laughs> yes. But uh, it's unfortunate that, you know what, Man Sakina, everything 
got a formula. If you will have a right formula, after some time you'll come all right. Our problem is that after in 20, 21 years, I think our government has said us, especially we black people, because we seem to not to have a right formula. We don't know what we are doing. You know, we, are, we just do things, we, we don't have a plan. So as a result, that is why now today we are having xenophobia. We have seen the ANC government uh, massacring people at Maricana, where Pitana today. There's so much bad thing that you can see after 20 years because the government doesn't have a plan. You look at our education system, it's just a dying uh, education system. Everything that we touch is simply dying. You know what was the problem? The problem is we don't have a right formula. Okay, Stephen. Living for the sake of we are living. Let me ask you the question that I didn't manage ah. to ask Saskia. Why do you think people keep voting the same way, in spite of what you've just mentioned? Yeah. Uh, the, you know what? When it comes to that, uh, freedom of the mind. I think our people are not yet being free. But let, 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 let me put it like like this way to you, second. Look, we have a xenophobia now, ne? What our government is doing is just oppressing the views of the South Africans. Whether positive or negative, but the government has decided to say, you know what, you, 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 you talk uh, 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 negative about xenophobia, or pos- uh, I mean positive with xenophobia, we are going to lock you up. Now, but cause people now, if you come to the country... No, but how so? How are, so, Stephen? Where has government come out and said we are going to lock people up for simply saying something about xenophobia that government doesn't agree with? Where has that happened? Remember, the minister Gigaba, Minister Gigaba, mm-hmm. said it on the national radio. Said what? That people, yes, people who are promoting this xenophobia are going to be locked up. Now I'm saying. Because of that, because of the freedom of the mind is not allowed. That is why now people will always vote the same way it was to me where I'm seated. I will never vote for another uh, opposition party beside the ANC. Mm. You know but, the, but there's no because crime called not. xenophobia, Stephen. So when people are arrested, they are arrested for other acts that they've committed. I man fucking man. Okay, Stephen. <laughs> That's Stephen Edzulu. And of course, we are asking the question this morning what does 21 years of democracy mean to us? And just trying to go, you know, slightly deeper. Let, let's just think about the things that we say on a daily basis. But let me uh, just take some response from our panel before we go back to the lines. Ibrahim, let me start with you. Yeah, frankly, I'm gobsmacked at how one part of South Africa likes to question, or a very small part of South Africa likes to question the agency um, of a larger part of South Africans. Democracy is fundamentally about voice and is about choice. Can you make choices about what you want to say, believe, speak, feel, act, and can you make choices with what you do with the resources that you have? That's that's the element of choice. And voice is, you know, the the question of of whether you can articulate, believe, and do the kind of things you, you want to do. And and clearly, the space in South Africa for exercising voice and exercising choice um, is 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 huge. Our constitution grants it. Our society, especially for those of us who are relatively better off and 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 more resourced, can exercise both almost to 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 its to its full limit um and it's just that that opportunity has been denied too many too many south africans that's 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 the problem the second is you know i think we we think about democracy we think about about freedom but we don't think about the context and the institutional kind of edifice within which it must exist and, and obviously there we've got problems 
We have a parliament which appears to be uh, not really debating and finding ways out of the morass, increasingly, as I said in my opening statements, becoming much more narrow in its approach, much more confrontational with parties kind of hardening their attitudes. Uh, should we have some reform in the system of our of our elections and in our electoral system? I, mean, I think there might be some cause for 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 some kind of changes and these are the kind of questions you ask yourself as you as you reach 21 years to see what the system can accommodate and what it can advance in the policy arena just if i can conclude on that i mean a government is going to have to start at least a democratic government and this is not to say the private sector and business shouldn't have space of course they must have the space to be able to speak to act to engage in business to make a profit to to to, to benefit their owners and their shareholders Absolutely, they must. But they also have the responsibility to co-create jobs, expand the market in this country, and not simply sit on the massive reserves that they're currently sitting on. Otherwise, you're faced with the point of government having to take very deliberate and difficult prescriptive steps to say we might have to reimpose exchange controls, so you simply can't take all the money and leave. Some of it must be reinvested. Some of it has to be reinvested in research and development and expanding the number of jobs, so you'll have to sort of reinvest a certain prescribed minimum to create jobs. Or we must have a policy of import substitution. We, we simply import far too many things which we don't actually make ourselves. That might stimulate industry, uh, put a few, uh, slightly higher tariffs on, on imports and use that to cross-subsidize uh, and, and give subsidies mm. to, to people to stimulate manufacturing and industry in the country. It's probably the only way in which we can get out of the unemployment morass, which fundamentally is a huge constraint on, on individuals' rights of choices, because that's where you can decide whether you can make certain choices and you can't because if you don't have jobs you don't have resources you're, you're fundamentally unable to make the choices and i think that's the challenge we face now going forward all right let me just squeeze in these two calls and then i'll get hassan and amu to respond uh craig in Rondebosch, good morning uh, good morning um, i just want to make a point i i keep hearing these discussions about what's going on and what's going wrong and um, they are all correct, and of course they are important. But I think it is also important to highlight that it is only the diagnosis. The problems are being diagnosed, but we're not really talking about how to do something concrete about it as the normal people. And I would just plead with South Africans, we can't just keep complaining. Let us do our little bit, and that would be, for example, Join an NGO. There are many NGOs out there that are doing fantastic work. They are all over the show. They're in black townships, they're in white townships, they're in nature, they're in education, they're in security, they're everywhere. And if we want to, for example, resolve um, this communication between the races, the only way is that we work together on something. Okay. So what, if a black person and a white person get together and do a job, on education, for example. That's when we talk constructively. Thank you so much, Craig and Rondebosch. Spongiseni in Durban. Good morning, Sakina. Thank you very much for our program and happy, happy Freedom Day to you and all our South Africans. For me, uh, this is what I could raise two points. When I was a medical student training in the 80s, while I was admitted at UKZN, but I was not allowed to stay in the white residence because this residence was not made for blacks. So you can get an education through saying, go and stay somewhere else. Well, this government has allowed all medical students to train and stay in the residence with respect of their color. As an MEC for health in this province, I have seen significant decrease of diarrheal diseases in our communities around the and Bumbulu because this government has given dignity to the South Africans to say, you shall have clean water, irrespective of whether you are black and white. And now for the first time, there are people who could have been better doctors than me, but they could not make it because they had to pay school fees. And, and I actually just managed. So some of the people who were then supposed to pay school fees by book are no more doing it in this government. And I just wonder why we don't observe that. And I get a caller from the Eastern Cape who said they don't see any program from this government. Okay. Thanks, Mongiseni and Durban. Hassan? Yeah, I mean, I think Haley's point about the burning human being is really, really 
the pain that he feels uh, coming into this country. And I think here yeah, the failure of the government in our state, uh, the security clusters in particular, for uh, you know, we've been unable to deal with the killings of, of uh, foreign people, foreign nationals. In uh, early 1995, when I made my first contact with the Senegalese community, four of them were thrown off a train. It was happening at the same time when the AU was being inaugurated in, in, uh, in the KZN. Interestingly, there, a, an organization called, an NGO, uh, Unemployed uh, People's uh, Movement or organization. Now, the government, the police, know who the people were. There was footage, the photographs, we knew who the leaders were. The name appears again today. And uh, uh, from, all, from 2008, there's been very little action on the recommendations. So, so, you know, the, the point of a democracy where you can exchange views, but if it does not matter, you know, it brings uh, to mind the saying by Ken Livingston. He says that, you know, that if, if uh, voting changed anything, they would ban it. Because the truth is the powerful private interests simply ignore this. I was, secondly, let me just tell you about, a, I was in a meeting with the Right to Know activists, uh, township activists. They're saying they raise contrary viewpoints. In the case at the end of the MEC now called... Many of them get killed. This is a discussion that does not take place. They said every powerful person has his hitman. Now, is this happening or not? You know, there must be a discussion about these kind of things. Mm. You know, you know so, so I have a lot more, but I think I should give Amu a chance. Yeah, to wrap it all up for us. Okay, cool. Quick reflections. Um, so I think the first one is around, again, I think, do we really understand what has happened to our people? Do we really understand the damage that, people's minds have suffered and on that i'll reflect on because quote that's like the most powerful tool of the prophet of the oppressor is the is the mind of the oppressed and do we understand that and quickly on the education point i think there is a lot that we can do in education but again i think if we reflect on how education was impacted in south africa like if you look at when bunty education was introduced in like the 1950s um they basically um, um, lowered the education of black people for 50 years, right? And the output of that was essentially like someone who, like my grandfather, who went to school, who was born in 1918, right, got a better education than his own child, right? Mm. I don't know if we understand that, right? Well... Uh, I think what needs to happen is that, yes, we need to take stock of what has happened over these 21 years. But more importantly, we need to find a way to move forward in a way that is best for all South Africans. And as the song you are hearing in the background says, it is not yet Uhuru in this country. Well, that's it. Happy Freedom Day. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to our listeners. And hope you have a fantastic Freedom Day. Do some reflection. But then again, be patriotic.